0: Just because the president is incoherent doesn't mean you have to be. The Bob France Authority, keeping you politically coherent. On AM 1420, the answer.
1: All right, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. We're going to forego our traditional Ronald Reagan top of the hour open uh, in the interest of time, because I want to have as much time as I possibly can with our next guest. His latest book uh, is an extraordinarily important one. It's called I Can't Breathe, How a Racial Hoax is Killing America. And it is indeed exactly that. There is a racial hoax that is killing America. A racial hoax about the treatment of African Americans by law enforcement. A racial hoax about white supremacy. A racial hoax about systemic racism throughout our country from its founding to its present-day state. That hoax is killing and dividing America, and it is by design. Joining us now to talk about it is national best-selling author David Horowitz, of the uh, founder of the... Uh, David Horowitz, Freedom Center. Again, he's a best-selling author of other books, including The Enemy Within, Blitz, Big Agenda, The Black Book of the American Left. David, good to have you back on the air here in Cleveland. How are you, sir?
2: I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes, sir. It's Uh, a pleasure. Yep, go
2: ahead. We just went through that terrible summer of the riots, the worst civil violence in the history of our country 633 violent demonstrations orchestrated by Black Lives Matter in 220 cities, scores of people murdered, the city centers set on fire, uh, shopping centers looted. They're still being looted, for that matter. Um, and it's all behind that race, a complete hoax, uh, th- which is the idea that uh, black people are targets for uh, racist white cops. Um, let's just start with George Floyd, who, whose death triggered this all. Um, oh, George Floyd was tried. Of course, it was a mock trial when you have the President of the United States saying that he prays nightly for a guilty verdict. It's pretty hard to get a fair trial, isn't it? Not that anybody sort of mentioned that. Or oh, when you have a vaccine water supporting term congresswoman traveling to Minnesota, to demand a verdict of guilty, 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 you can hardly imagine anything more un-American than having the verdict first and the trial afterwards. But uh, that's what lynchings are about, and that's what that's what's happened in all these Black Lives Matter cases. Black Lives Matter is a lynch mob. Within days of the verdict uh, against the cop, sixty Minutes had Keith Ellison. On for interviews. Keith Ellison is the Attorney General for the state of Minnesota. Before that, he was a spokesman for America's most vicious, evil racist, which is Louis Farrakhan. Farrakhan is a Jew hating, gay bashing, white hating racist who traveled to Iran to chant with the bullets death to America. That's who Farrakhan is and who Keith Ellison supported. Keith Ellison, is, as I say, is the head of the prosecution. He designed the charges, manslaughter and murder, which, by the way, are contradictory charges. Manslaughter is an inadvertent killing. You set out to rob a bank and something happens and you fire into the crowd and kill someone. That's manslaughter. Murder, you have to intend to kill that particular person. No evidence was ever presented that uh, the cop, Derek Chauvin, had the intention of killing George Floyd. Worse yet, when 60 Minutes interviewed uh, Ellison, they asked him, was there a racial element in the killing of George Floyd? And Keith Ellison's answer was, we couldn't find one. Well, if Keith Ellison can't find a racial motive in the killing of George Floyd, you know, there wasn't one. Because he's such a rabid white hater, uh, Ellison is. Um, but this is true. Well, if I inter- I'm
1: interrupt there for a second, David Horowitz, sure. um, you know, everybody... Was looking for a racial motive here. Everybody wanted to say that this white cop had a history of racism, had a history of using the N word, had a history of of abuse of of black suspects, and so on and so forth. And it wasn't just Keith Ellison looking. Every member of the left wing press Correct. wanted to find something. Find and that, yeah, and this is not, to justify this, this this is to, not to justify. this is not to justify. If I may. Yeah. Yeah, it's not to justify the callousness with which he stayed on the guy's neck for eight minutes. It didn't seem to be necessary, particularly when he was already handcuffed and couldn't get up anyway. It's not to dismiss the callousness, but as you say, to, to suggest that his actions were racially motivated is just simply unverifiable, unproven, and quite frankly, untrue. And yet it led to the biggest racial, uh, you know, summer of unrest that we have seen since, you know, the mid 1960s. Yeah.
2: And mayhem and murder is what it amounted to, two. so much so that when a cop, uh, there were those two young girls where one of them had a knife and was about to stab the other one in the chest and the cop shot the knife wielder. The whole left called the cop a racist and said he had mur- yeah. murdered this woman who was setting out to kill the, the black woman. That lebron lebron irrational. James
1: LeBron James was one of the key people in that. He went on Twitter and said to that officer, "You're next almost a direct threat uh, against that officer. so David, let me ask you, do you cover in the book um you know it's not just black lives matter the organization and it's not just people like Keith Ellison, but the role that popular culture and celebrities play in advancing the notion that white yeah, policing James- is a threat to black to black suspects.
2: Yeah, I've got LeBron and his stupid statements. These are vicious statements that LeBron made. They're basically indictment of white people for having white skin. Um, Look, Breonna Taylor, what I did, what what, what I was to, I I came up with this idea for the book, I'll look at 26 of the claims of Black Lives Matter that uh, blacks were murdered for their skin color. And when I, When I had finished, uh, it's all lies. Let me give you another famous case, Breonna Taylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oprah Winfrey took out 26 billboards. That's probably a quarter of a million dollars right there. 26, one for every year of her life, to dramatize what a victim she was, called for the indictment of the police officers for murdering her, Uh, said that she was murdered in her sleep, uh, in her bed. I mean, it doesn't get much more heinous than that. What's the reality? The reality is that Breonna Taylor was an accomplice to a major drug dealer in Louisville. Um, she used her bank account to hide his uh, ill-gotten gains. She used her mailing address as a drop box for his drug distribution. They actually raided five homes which were similarly serving his business. And what was his business? His business was killing black people for playing out tears. And the police had a no-knock warrant, but they knocked at the door and announced their presence. And Breonna Taylor and her boyfriend, her current boyfriend got out of bed and started, and he fired shots at the police and wounded one of them. Well, these cops have families that they want to return home alive to. So they have a saying among them It's called pray and spray. When it's 1230 in the morning and it's pitch black and you have gunshots coming at you, but you can't see, the, you don't know how many people are firing at you or where precisely they are. You pray and then you spray the area with shot, hoping you'll kill them before they kill you. That's who Fiona Taylor is. And the Democrat City Council, and I have to say, it's the Democrats because they have totally endorsed this racist, criminal movement led by pathological liars. Uh, David, let, me ask, let me ask you this: let me ask you this about the movement. The million dollars, she got. Her family got for wrongful death. Yes. It was a rightful death. They yeah, killed no, I... a criminal resisting arrest. It's too bad that you know she got killed and not her boyfriend, but. Uh, you know, it was dark.
1: But what it but what it wasn't was was executing a woman in her sleep, which is the narrative that that got her out in the
2: and was For yeah, exactly. skin
1: color, exactly, and that's color.
2: yeah, that, that I, is I indisputable. That is not all the All the statistics that show that the cops, first of all, it's black cops who mainly shoot black criminals, and white cops shoot white criminals. Um, but I have all the statistics that show. That this idea that blacks, unarmed blacks, are killed more than unarmed
1: whites is a hoax. Well, you you uh, you cover David Horowitz uh, in uh, in this book. It's called "I Can't Breathe: How a Racial Hoax Is Killing America." You cover twenty six of the most notorious cases of alleged police racism involving the shooting of African American suspects, but you also talk about BLM and not just the racial component of, quote, Black Lives Matter, but it is much more than just a, you know, race organization. It is a political organization, one that aims to destroy capitalism and to impose Marxism. Can you talk more about the goal of the BLM? Organization? Yeah, yeah,
2: well, they're racist. But look, these people are being supported by the Chinese communists. The, the, if this were a civil rights movement, you would expect... It's icon, it's patron saint to be Martin Luther King. They actually regard Martin Luther King as a racist because he wants a colorblind society, which is the American dream. Right. And we were well on the way to getting there until all this happened. Um, but it's icon is not Martin Luther King. It's a Sada Shakur. The Sada Shakur is a deranged woman, black woman was a member of the Black Liberation Army that specialized in robbing banks and killing cops. She was stopped by a New Jersey trooper who didn't even know that she was in the car. He just stopped her for a broken taillight. He got out of his car to write her a ticket, and she shot him.
3: Uh,
2: and while he was lying in a pool of his own blood, pleading for his life, he had two kids, and had served in Vietnam, she walked over and executed him. This is the heroine to these people who are praised by Barack Obama as better organizers than he was, who have killed and inspired the killing of untold numbers of white people. I mean, One of my chapters is called Five Dead Cops in Dallas. The police were guarding, actually, a Black Lives Matter parade That's in right. Dallas. Yeah. And this homicidal maniac, Micah Johnson, was a uh, an Iraq war vet. Well, maybe it was Afghanistan. I don't remember. Uh, you know, got in a sniper position and assassinated five of the cops, wounded seven and, and two civilians. Um, and then he was taking pot shots at the police and... Yeah. uh he said he would only negotiate with a black officer Well, the police chief of Dallas, like in so many of these cities, which also gives delight, the Democrat Party and Black Lives Matter, because they're all headed by, you know, Minneapolis Police Department is headed mm-hmm. by black, but some of these other major cities. Anyway, this police chief negotiated with him for two hours, decided that he was a lunatic, um, because, all you know, he was just making jokes about killing people, said he wanted to kill more white cops, asking how many he had killed. And so he said, this is futile. And this guy's armed and shooting at us. So this police chief ordered a robot bomb. They have these bombs uh, that that are and on the yeah. yeah. And they just blew him up. And then, Founder of Black Lives Matter, right, to an autobiography. I mean, the first person ever killed by a robot, ignoring the fact that he was a homicidal maniac and that the guy who gave the order was black. Because
1: right.
2: they just convert it. Because that, that, that would go against the narrative.
1: Yeah, anything that exactly. goes against the narrative, they, they, they refuse to accept or refuse to acknowledge or they dispute. Uh, David Horowitz, I'm out of time, but I want to hit this uh, title again. It's I Can't Breathe. How a racial hoax is killing America. There is so much important. Many of the stories that David has been telling us now and that are covered in this book, you have heard before, but you haven't heard them all amalgamated together and put together in one great big, you know, compendium of, of, of the, the goal here of Black Lives Matter in the United States, which is division, which is racist. And, and the last thing, David, I'm sure you agree with this. It is to destroy America. And, and the last thing I'm sure you'll agree with this is, you know, Black Lives Matter, I agree with. Black Lives Do Matter. I support black people. But if you support the organization called Black Lives Matter, you are supporting racism, racial division, and the destruct- destruction of America. Black Lives Matter Incorporated is an absolute terror group, which is very much different than saying black lives do matter. Because, of course, they do, as do every American or every worldwide citizen. But nobody's
2: denying it. it. But George Floyd, when that video went up there, who was defending the cop? Nobody.
1: Nobody. No. No, he no no. There was never going to be a fair trial. And you know, here's the thing, David. You said at the beginning of our conversation, you talked about the six hundred and sixty separate uh protest incidents that turned into violence and mayhem and so forth. Can you imagine how many there would have been had he been given a fair trial and possibly acquitted of murder? Oh well, that's
2: why there was a no, was a lynching.
1: That's why they had to that, why they that's couldn't that's allow what a fair black trial. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, It is. The organization is exactly that. David Horowitz from the David Horowitz Freedom Center. Uh, I can't breathe how a racial hoax is killing America. David, thank you so much for the work and thank you for joining us.
2: And thank you for having me.
1: Thank you. God bless. 1024. Yeah, it's very important to make that distinction. Black lives matter. Of course they do because they're human lives. And I support all lives, including black lives. But I don't, and you should never support the group called Black Lives Matter, because they don't care about black lives. They care about destroying this country. That's legitimate and easily provable. All right. We'll be right back.
0: Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store.
1: K1027 Short segment here before the bottom of the hour. I told you when we came on the air at nine oh five that we were packed, and we really have been. We have just gone back to back to back to back to back to back to back interviews, uh, and all of them very very important. Uh, we talked to Jim Renacci in the first hour, talked to Matt Dolan in the first hour, talked to Ron Zarnecki in the first hour, talked to David Horowitz now, and coming up at ten thirty five we will talk to Christina Hagen, who of course is our regular Friday guest, as she provides uh, insights and analysis of the t- today's top news stories. The former Ohio State rep will be with us then for now let's get a phone call in from charlie and wesley hey charlie you're on the air go ahead
4: hey Bob, thank you for taking the call great 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 show i'm going to be working one of those booths at the uh, convention tomorrow oh, for which, the ohio which value one value voters ohio value voters High value organization voters. yeah i i started it about 15 years ago with diane and john and they're still going at it so we'll be there. But Hey, I was thinking, you know, when this all happened with George Floyd, it wasn't his killing that promoted it. It was the video of it. People couldn't uh, adjust to seeing it. And that's what's happened is we're going to have many more videos because people have finally adjusted that they have a camera. It's on their hip. And as soon as something happens. so if that video had not happened, I contend the Cleveland Indians would still have their name. And, uh, Dolan's wrong we should have you're right. the tradition was more more important
1: <laughs> you're, you're right about the Indians you're right about so many things that have changed because of that moment because Derek chauvin knelt on his neck for eight and a half minutes and again I do not believe he killed him I believe that the triple the amount of le- of a lethal dose of fentanyl in his system along with meth which was also in his system killed him uh, I believe all of that uh, and but but Derek chauvin's callousness as he knelt there knowing he was being videotaped everybody's got their eyes on him cameras on him he can see them and he just stays there um unnecessarily because the guy's already handcuffed and now in control he could have moved his his knee down to the middle of the back if he still felt like holding him down but that the the way he looked and the way he appeared is what touched off all of the riots and you're right when george floyd when george floyd died in such a way Charlie hold on, Charlie hold on, hold on, hold on, When George Floyd died in such a way again with the uh, with the cameras on the cop who just looked like he was just so i don 't care i don 't care i don 't care about just staying there. That's why the Indians changed their name. That's why statues had to go. That's why school names had to go. The summer of racial reckoning happened because of Derek Chauvin's callous appearance as he knelt on a guy who was already in handcuffs and on the ground. It didn't have to happen. Chauvin is guilty of being an idiot and a terrible cop, but no, he was not guilty of murder. Go ahead, give you the last word.
4: I'm just just saying, the change of our society is the videoing. This bad stuff happened forever and we we didn't see it so we didn't go crazy but we saw it so we there was a but there's going to be a lot more we just have to get used to the fact that everyone has a yeah. camera now
1: yeah, well, well, and I think people have known that. and Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, everybody's got a camera in their pocket. It's called their phone, and it is used. Everything you do now is going to be videotaped or by surveillance cameras overhead because businesses are sick and tired of losing things. So they got, uh, you know, being stolen, being robbed, being, being victimized. So they got video cameras, uh, surveillance cameras outside their places of business, which, of course, extend onto the street, sidewalks. Pretty much everybody is under on, on camera now all of the time and people do need to adjust to that. Okay, 10.30, we'll take a time out here. Uh, I want to remind you about the antibodies party. It's next Thursday. I I announced this in the first hour of the program. If you missed it, we are having our antibodies party in Lakewood this Thursday. I'll tell you more about that as we continue coming up, along with Christina Hagen next on AM 1420 The Answer.
0: story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth the bob France authority on am 1420 the answer
1: yeah we are going to celebrate a reminder if you missed the announcement in hour number one We are going to party. Celebrate we are going to celebrate. We're going to have a good time.
2: Good
1: Celebrating our natural immunity. I have been promising an antibodies party on the air for about two months now. The year. I've been telling you that as the President of the United States... The grand poobah of epidemiology, Anthony Fauci, the CIC, Governor Mike DeWine, as they all continue, as well as dictatorial employers forcing people to take vaccines even if they have natural immunity, as they continue to ignore science and ignore natural immunity, which is stronger than vaccine immunity, I said, we're going to celebrate our own natural immunity with an antibodies party. I finally have it confirmed. Coming up on Thursday, this... Coming Thursday, the 21st, at the Avenue Tap House on Detroit Avenue in Lakewood. Doors are going to open at 630. There's a massive gathering room there that will hold up to 400 people. They're going to offer us drink specials. They're going to have an amazing menu to choose from. The Browns game, if you still watch the Woke NFL, will be on a big screen there. We're going to get together and celebrate our natural immunity. If you've got antibodies, I want you at our antibodies party. We're going to make sure everybody knows about it as well. We exist, and we don't need shots. When we already have immunity, zero need for shots from Big Pharma. Uh, So we're going to do that on Thursday night, the uh, 21st. And guess what? Even if you just think you have antibodies because you were exposed to COVID, even though you never tested positive for it, you're welcome. And to prove that we're not dictators, we will even welcome people who don't have antibodies but who support natural immunity over vaccine mandates. Mind you, vaccine mandates. I know people who actually have received the vaccine who still support natural immunity and oppose vaccine mandates. You will be welcome as well. Because unlike the other side, we will not require antibody passports to prove uh, that you have what you say you have to get into our party. So we are celebrating natural immunity with our antibodies party next Thursday, and I hope you will come and see us in Lakewood. By the way, it's going to double as a fundraiser for a group that is fighting these mandates. Citizens for free speech. We're going to have some 50-50s, some sideboards, and some fun things to raise money for Citizens for free speech as well. Come and join us. All right, 1040 now, let's bring in our regular uh, Friday guest at this hour for reaction to the news of the week, Christina Hagan, who is a former Ohio State representative. Christina, good morning. How are you?
3: Hey, I am great, and honestly, I'm excited hearing you talk about the uh, natural antibodies immunity party for people to be able to get together. I mean, it's absolutely crazy what we're seeing across the United States is forced mandate for people that are naturally well and you will appreciate this. I saw something the other day that actually said in Australia, they're now promoting if you're fully vaccinated against COVID, the next step to improve your immunity may be to actually catch the virus. You cannot make this stuff up. They want well, to well, come to our immunity part, our natural immunity party too. <laughs> So well, I feel like every person who has taken all these rounds of shots that they have promoted to no end uh, has to feel duped at this point. If this is if this is reality of what is happening in Australia, they say now it's good to go ahead. We're going to encourage you to go catch the virus if you can. So instead of hiding from it, catch it. Well, there's, that's there's, the next
1: round of being safe and well. These people are crazy, Christina. There's part of this that I can't wrap my head around here. Wait a second. If they already are fully vaccinated. How can they go out and intentionally catch the virus? You would think that they could dive their face into a pool of the germs of the coronavirus, but remember, the vaccine is supposed to, uh, to prevent you from catching it. How can you go and catch it after you've already been vaccinated against it? That seems completely antithetical to me.
3: Well, no, no, no. We know it's the normal liberal standard, which is the double standard. You can have it both ways, and now that they've made their money off of it, and they know that it doesn't work, they want people to go get it. And it's just—I mean—it's a nonstop, never-ending game of chaos and craziness. But well, you're right; you can't. You, know, you write have this to stuff. laugh. You don't cry. And you—you you had the right song playing at the beginning. You know, everybody party, and it reminded me of the discussion we had earlier in the year when the mayor of DC was not letting anybody dance, and just this dictatorship, this tyrannical leadership that we're living in, uh, you have to laugh so you don't cry. So I think a bunch of like-minded people need to get together, need to be there on Thursday, need to be supporting common sense and basic um, science. I mean, it's just, it's time that we lead the discussion again well,
1: in person well and you know i should probably tell everybody we are going to practice proper social distancing rules so you have a six inch rule you can't be closer than six inches <laughs> to anybody else because if you do you know that's kind of some personal space violation there
3: but the six inch now rule, this sounds like a middle school <laughs> dance
1: bob <laughs> all right christina let's talk more about mandates and uh, i know one of the one of the foremost things on your mind with respect to this is the airlines we saw over last weekend some two thousand Uh, Southwest flights flights were canceled. They tried to tell us it was because of really localized weather conditions that only affected Southwest planes, not other airlines. But now other airlines are starting to cancel a ton of flights, too, because of the reality here. It is a revolt. It is a revolt from pilots and flight attendants and baggage handlers and service technicians and so forth who are saying, I'm not coming to work if you're going to threaten me with firing. I'm going to use all of my personal days, all of my sick days, and everything I can before you fire me. Uh, over not having this vaccine, what's your read on this, and is this something that will grow into other uh, other sectors of the of the economy?
3: Well, I think this is indicative of what all of America's feeling and thinking, but uniquely, pilots have a lot of leverage. You know they can in this very complex but vulnerable industry help call the shots for the rest of America. And I'm just glad that they're rising up and doing it. And they can say whatever they want. I mean, I was flying to Texas for work with the ministry in August and my flight was canceled um, at 11 PM, the night before a 6 AM flight for inclement weather uh, with American airlines. Yet I could book another flight at the same exact airport by 6:30 30 AM um, with a different airline. So they've been having trouble and now the trouble is getting worse. And I've never seen this type of government induced um internal combustion of private companies. But we're we're witnessing, you know, this in full throttle with the American Airlines. So I think it's it's hard because I don't think that they're wanting to cause any harm. They're not wanting people to miss funerals, they're not wanting people to miss birthdays, to have gatherings, to be stuck in places they don't wanna be. But they also don't want the government and their private employer telling them very uh, patriotic, individualistic, leader-style Americans, what to put into their own bodies. Um, and so this is, I mean, this is the balance that's going to be struck. And I think they're going to realize that they're going to have equal pressure from the people they employ as they're receiving from the federal government. So this is what has to happen in every industry in order for us to hang on to any of our freedoms. And I'm glad to see it. You know, it's, it's rough but I'm glad to see it because it means that Americans are standing up and fighting back. And that's exactly what we need across every single sector.
1: Yeah, and it takes courage, though. That's the thing. I mean, I you know I don't know what other training a pilot has if he has to walk off the job and not take that jab and and be fired or whatever the case might be. If there is another job for them to walk into, but it does take courage for people to stand up and risk being fired uh, and 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 losing their jobs over these mandates. You know, they have to have a plan B, and I don't know if everybody does, but that is literally no. that They've- is literally what we. It, that's why you say it takes courage. It takes courage to kind of you know uh, put your principles before your paycheck.
3: Absolutely. We're seeing this, you know, large scale heroism across a lot of sectors and maybe not everybody's giving me attention, but I can count personal family members who were prepared to have to make ends meet, not knowing how, but trusting in God and their faith that even though their profession, which they were trained for at great length and through significant amounts of years of education, they were prepared to say, not not on my terms. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to fold. This is not what I want for my body, for my health, for my family, for my future. And so they're prepared to draw the line. So if people are doing this across all sectors, whether it's healthcare, whether it's policing, whether it's, you know, firefighters, whether it's pilots or consulate, whatever it is, we have an opportunity to take back what is ours and that is freedom if we band together and we stand together. And it takes people being willing to be chastised and alienated even by their own peers, because let's face it, um, this government's getting the division that they're intentionally creating. So now we've got people that are there that are working longer hours that are resentful towards those that are calling in their sick time, because they know, hey, if I'm going to be terminated for protecting my personal autonomy and my bodily autonomy and my personal freedoms, my rights, and they're certainly not going to afford me this this time off, I need to take it while I can. Um, they're creating a risk between these workers on purpose. So it is, you know, I, I believe these people are doing what they know they need to do to sustain their freedom, but they know that it has implications. And I don't think they mean the negative implications. And I even think about this pilot that I saw in the news the other day. He was talking about we're standing and taking a firm footing because uh, H.R. 4980 will say that any person who will fly out uh, or into an airport in the United States or any of its territories has to be vaccinated. So that house will be included. It's not far-fetched. I mean, we talked about all this stuff, you know, a year ago. They're going to take away our right to travel, our right to get on air. Oh no, that's crazy talk. Either that will never happen. These people on the front lines, medical and the airlines, all of these spaces are standing in the gap for every American. They are true heroes.
1: They are exactly that. Uh, we're talking with Christina Higgins. She is our regular Thursday political analyst as we talk about the issues of the day. I know you wanted to talk about Kamala Harris, too. We don't have a ton of time here, but um, the border czar, who is doing everything and anything but uh, actually overseeing the porous southern border and trying to stop the emergency uh, that is the invasion of the United States, instead is is cutting videos where she is apparently sitting there with paid actors who are about 13 years old and talking to them like they're three and saying, you're going to be able to see the craters on the moon someday. No, really, the actual craters on the moon. I don't know how cringeworthy you think that was, but this is so unbecoming of the first lady, uh, or excuse me, the uh, vice president of the United States who hopes to become the first woman uh, president. Is this just being done to try to humanize her because she was so utter, utter, utterly unlikable? And if it is, is it working?
3: I don't know why they do what they do. And I really try to <laughs> emphasize and understand what's going on. What do they believe? What do they think? Because it doesn't make any logical sense. But what is happening is likely a distraction from, as you mentioned, the, the one of the most insane realities of our southern border and the the atrocious level of illegal immigration happening every single day at record rates and the amount of actual physical harm it's causing our our people in our southern border and our people throughout the country um, and the implications of drug trafficking, human trafficking, and everything else. So why don't we produce the um, hoaxiest, jokesiest, silliest video ever? And by the way, can't even have it authentically. Can't even just talk to kids. We have to hire kids. Um, and maybe those kids have a union contract. Maybe it's a union thing. I don't know. But I watched it, and that wasn't really even what um, caught my attention the most this week about uh, Ms. Harris, uh, Vice President Harris. It was actually the fact that the border wall at her home is more significant than any border wall territory that she is willing to visit at the Southern border or erect at the Southern border. I watched this video of um, those who are demanding amnesty outside of her home, politely demanding it, but demanding it nonetheless. Um, and, you know, the elitist academics coming out that she must bypass parliamentarian and pass amnesty. And I, I saw this live video just as I was scrolling through social media yesterday. People were outside of her home. Her home looked like a national park. I mean, these are people that have no way of communicating and relating to average people because they're liars and hypocrites. They have no idea what the common American struggle is. They have no idea what's being forced on us because they're all living their maskless party lives, like you said, Nancy Pelosi style, Barack Obama mm-hmm. style. And they're laughing and forcing children to do these awkward videos with them. They've infiltrated all of Netflix and every type of show that could come across our children's TV. It's crazy. But I saw this. You'll have to look it up if you haven't seen it. But it was a rally, protest, some type of weird gathering where people were demanding their amnesty outside of her home. And that she needed to follow through as the daughter of immigrants. And they were, you know, kind of chastising her. It's nice that you campaigned on being the daughter of immigrants. But the only way to truly be the daughter of immigrants is to grant all of us amnesty right now. Yesterday should have already been done. So as we see her failing, even those who she's allowed to come into the country illegally are calling her a failure. She cannot win. And she is the ultimate hypocrite. This wall, I kid you not, is about um, it's got to be. It's got to be twenty feet high, and the security wow. cameras on this thing look military grade. And I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it's who they are: elitist and following, you know, the academia mindset of all of this. With it's just, it, you can't make it up. Um, no. it's, it's never ending.
1: It is uh, sometimes uh, reality is much more difficult to conceive of than fiction, and uh, in this case, that's that's what we're seeing. You can't, you couldn't hire the best Hollywood screenwriters to write some of this stuff. Christina Hagan, political analyst, now former candidate, or excuse me, former state representative and probably future candidate at some point as well. Christina, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the insight. Thank you. All right. It's 1053. Our final segment is coming up. AM 1420, The Answer. Right, 1057, our final segment is always a short one, but it's a busy one. I want to get a couple of announcements in. Number one, um, if you have not heard enough from me today, I'm going to be hosting the Dennis Prager Show here in just a little bit over an hour. You'll hear Charlie Kirk on this station, of course, uh, from noon until 1, but then uh, Dennis Prager 1 to 3, or you can listen through the uh, Dennis Prager website uh, and listen to me for the entire three hours from noon until 3. So I'm hosting for Dennis number 2. We're also related to our nationally syndicated hosts. The sage returns from the campaign trail in his wonderful, valiant fight against Gavin Newsom in the state of California. Larry Elder, who should be the next governor of California, should be actually ruling that state right now and trying to return some sanity to it. Larry Elder uh, fought fought the great fight. He really, really did and he returns to his show on Monday. So Larry Elder is back on the airwaves. Uh the Sage of South Central uh is uh, is going to be doing his thing. So make sure that you tune in for that. Secondly, or thirdly rather, and the last thing I want to hit here is if you missed any of the interviews that I did today and there are a lot of really important ones, please check out the podcast page whkradio.com. Click on the podcast uh, uh, page there. Look for local pod- podcasts. Look for this one. Marcia does a great job of describing who the guests have been and what we've talked about in each of the hours. So you can easily find the interviews that mean the most to you. And you can go back and listen to them on your computer, on your phone, uh, in a variety of different ways. So please check that out. I think uh, it'll, be a, it'll be a great service to you. By the way, if you did not hear yesterday's closing interview with uh, Jamie Callender, Representative Jamie Callender, I highly Highly, highly recommend you listen to it, particularly if you've got a view on the issue of legal recreational marijuana. Representative Callender is a Republican, and he and a fellow Republican have introduced a bill in Ohio's uh, General Assembly to legalize recreational weed in this country, or in the state, rather. I strongly disagreed. You will need to hear that interview. Again, it's on the podcast page, WHK Radio. Thanks for listening. Thanks to everybody who came to CFFS last night. Thanks to our crew. Uh, I hope you have a safe weekend. Enjoy the convention of cons- uh, the conservative convention tomorrow, and we'll see you Monday. Bye bye